Hello from Bali. This is episode number 68 of The Space in Between. And yeah, you're going to probably hear some Balinese sounds. You can probably hear some animals, <laughs> some birds in the background. And uh, I just wrapped up our Beyond Ritual retreat here in Bali. And I sound a little tired today because I am. <laughs> We, uh, we just said goodbye to our participants just a few hours ago, and last night we went to a um, full moon cacao ceremony, which was absolutely, truly beautiful, but um, yeah, I didn't quite sleep because the cacao kept me up, um, but it was a very beautiful heart-opening experience, and I'm so grateful I did, even though I am a little sluggish today. But I thought it was important to pop on here and share our experiences. I had these big, beautiful ideas of getting the group together and, and sharing. Um, and I think I'll have to bring them on at some point because this, this retreat was really, truly special. And I'll share some moments with you um, in a little bit. Uh, and, and actually the work that we did together through this past 10 days. Um, because I think that where we were, where we have, we went and where we're going, um, you can definitely apply to it now, you know, as I'm checking in in the Western world and seeing, you know, seeing what's going on, there's, there's a lot of chaos that's happening, you know, um, with this virus and there's a lot of panic, especially in New York state where they're under a state of emergency and, it's just really strange to be on the other side of the world and not feel um, connected in, in some way, you know, um, it's different over here, you know, um, yeah, we're, we're being mindful of, of, you know, potential, you know, getting sick, but there's not the fear. It's just more of an awareness, I'll say, um, you know, and it's, uh, it's very, it's very interesting to see um, from afar, you know, what, how people are, um, react, how people are reacting in this space of fear. And this is what we explored a bit in our retreat, um, this past week, you know, the theme was going beyond ritual. And the reason being was two years ago, um, the first time I brought a retreat here, uh, we embraced ritual. Yeah, we looked at these different ways of why it was important and um, for our daily practice. And um, and the reason being, if you've been to Bali, um, you probably already know this, but rituals are um, very important here. Yeah, the, um, it's a very spiritual space, this very spiritual place. And um, Lots of religions, primarily where we're at is Hindu and also Muslim, but Muslim is also practicing these different rituals, Hindu ri rituals. Um, and it's so very beautiful to see you know, all these different ceremonies that are happening all the time here. And then you have the daily rituals um, of the offerings, which you'll see even just on the street, on the curb in front of people's homes, in front of trees, and just all these different places, you just see this um, idea of the offering all around. Um, this and these are our da their daily rituals, part of them. So um, yeah, so that's why we looked at ritual, embracing ritual, when we first 
came here and you know how could we how could we apply that to our daily lives you know in this ritual of self-care of self-love and so I thought it would be nice to come back and kind of look at what's beyond ritual you know so that we don't fall into this sort of dogmatic moving through the motions um, here I am you know doing my little rituals different practices but not putting that sacred um, feeling behind it right that mindfulness that intention uh, behind it right just kind of going through the motions for the sake of doing my daily practice so we looked at that but then what we also looked at and this is where I want to kind of focus for us today is um, the importance of it of getting outside of fear because I think sometimes we can use rituals as a way to create safety, which I think is very important, right? You create safety in your body, you create safe um, spaces through rituals in your home, you create safe um, rituals in your community so that you you feel safe and maybe the people that you come bring into your, into your um, home or communities feel safe as well, right? And so that's really important, but again, it's not staying in the inside of the box of rituals, but you know, using it as a way to create safety, but not to put the walls up in it so that we really feel that safe space to go outside of it, right? Uh, so we explored that a bit. And I think, again, I think this is really important for us to look at as um, it doesn't seem like uh, the outside world is very safe right now and just in terms of how media is perceiving it and so how media is perceiving it right or telling you to perceive it um, yeah can kind of mess with your mind and so I think it really is important to have different rituals for yourself so that you do feel safe but then also know your truth um, so where do I want to start with this? I think I'll share some. I'll share some exam. I'll share some moments, uh, and I'll kind of refrain from privacy of of my participants. Um, you know, I want to keep them safe. <laughs> but you know, before we got there, even this virus was um, a little bit of a threat. Not quite where it is at this point in time. Um, but, you know, a couple of us were flying through China and so flights got canceled or there was a threat of flights getting canceled and and that was creating a little bit of anxiety and fear for a couple of the participants and, um, you know, and I ha- had a conversation with one before we left because I think she was kind of thinking about not coming and I had just told her, you know, to um, how I practiced. I wasn't telling her how to feel things, but, you know, I... I like to live as best as I can outside of fear. <laughs> There's a doggy <laughs> barking in the background. Um, you know, yeah, I still am, I can still be fearful, but I try my best to, when I feel fear, I still do it anyways. If it's, if it's something that doesn't seem quite rational, right? If it's something, of course, that might um, directly uh, put me uh, in a place of not being safe or, you know, possible, um, you know, death. Yeah, of course, but to a certain extent, right? Because we could go at any time. And so that's really what I said to her is, you know, 
just to think about what you might be um, not giving yourself for the for the for the safety of keeping you know yourself in the safe box um, from fear right and just and just to explore what would be on the other side this beautiful you know destination and and this beautiful heart opening experience with a group and so very grateful that she made it yeah she had a little bit of a hiccup <laughs> with her travels but unrelated to this whole this whole drama of of the um, virus but she made it and it was really wonderful to have her there and to see her um, really just kind of surrender in the space you know of and being calm and and I think she was really grateful that she too came so yeah that was really a beautiful moment um, there's so many beautiful moments with this group there was another participant who um, came not feeling well um, you know she had maybe like a little stomach thing that she either got on the plane or she brought you know with her from family she wasn't quite sure if it was from somebody she she saw before and you know she was really down the first few days and um you know she wasn't herself i mean yeah who who wants to be sick in a foreign place it's very disorienting it's um yeah you don't feel in your body you have jet lag already so that's already weird and then you don't have any sort of point of reference you're on the other side of the world so you're like 12 13 hours off your biological clock so yeah she was a bit out of sorts the first few days um but it was really lovely to see her kind of just stick with it yeah and I think I remember one day a day that she wasn't feeling so great she still came up I was really surprised that she still came up and um you know participated in classes she said I'm just gonna do what I can you know I'm just gonna just show up and do what I can and if I have to leave I have to leave and she did that every day and it was really beautiful to see the transformation you know i think by the end you know i she was participating in some some things that were definitely new to her like breath work and um movement 109 in a group setting and she was just so open to it and i just really saw her um well i didn't know her very well prior to that so i didn't really know who you know this authentic um being was but it was really wonderful to see her return back to herself um, in a really beautiful way and maybe even gone deeper than what she was um, on the other side of all of that. So I was really, again, kind of proud of her. Of, of You know, I think she even had a day or so where she was kind of contemplating of not, not going to stay with us and kind of go off and, and come back home. But she stuck with it. Um, and then we did have a lot of interesting experiences here. We had another participant. She was coming from India. She did Panchakarma, which is a very intense process, um, detoxification process um, under Ayurveda. And, and she was there in India for, uh, for a good long time, about four or five weeks prior. And, you know, coming to our group, even though it was a yoga retreat and we were, you know, going a little bit slower pace than the Western world, it was pretty fast paced for her. And 
I think she was in the energy of the group and she really wanted to participate. And it was funny because I saw her um, like the second day kind of walking by and I saw her sort of trip and I said, oh, are you okay? And um, she kind of stubbed her toe, you know, on, um, on the floor. And she said, oh, I'm okay. I was just being clumsy or whatever. And then the next day we were out walking and her foot just got really swollen. And here she was too, you know, kind of out of sorts <laughs> and not being able to fully participate in the yoga practices, but she came every day and she like, you know, did the whole practice outside of the box. You know, we really looked at in the practices of looking at not just, you know, doing the steps that I was offering, but taking it further, taking it outside of the box. And she was just so creative. You know, I did a whole standing series that she did on her back with her feet in the air. Um, she really took it outside of the box and it was just so beautiful. I didn't even have to give her any guidance. She was just really listening to her body and and she, you know, Dave came and said to the group, you know, that day or a couple of days later, she was saying, you know, I think this message was for me to slow down again. You know, I was going too fast, I was getting so excited to be with you all. But I got that message that, oh, you stubbed your toe, you got to slow down a little bit. And so she decided to slow down in her own way to be creative with that. And that was really, really beautiful to witness, too, of just, you know, getting these messages and seeing how... Um, she could make the most of it, you know, and, and the other participant that I was just talking about who came with, you know, a little bit of a stomach issue, she, she came today and said, you know, I'm realizing what that message was for me, you know, to come with this, you know, kind of, um, situation with digestion issues of, you know, how she was digesting things in her own life and her own world. And, and so, you know, hearing the other participant and hearing about how the, her foot was a message, she was like, oh, a light went off for her. And she said, oh, maybe I got sick because there was a message here. You know, why would I travel all around the world and get this little like stomach, stomach bug? Um, so it was just so lovely to see all of all of these different little stories within our retreat, all these different um, lessons they were learning and and. Oh my, and I haven't even talked about the lessons I learned. Um, yeah, trying to think of others, you know. Um, but each student, each student kind of went through, or participant went through their own little journey. These are just a couple of examples, um, which is really, really beautiful to witness. And that's why I always love offering retreats because yeah we're sort of all on this trajectory together you know we have these different activities that we're doing um, like going to purification which was a really special experience um, and you know other little things like going to the rice fields and and shopping <laughs> um, and then we also had the classes you know that I was leading in the morning we would do yoga practice very kind of um, what I would say inside the box, you know, yoga practices that they feel safe in, they already know, you know, more or less, you know, the way I teach and, you know, inviting them to go outside of the box in some ways, like exploring a little bit outside of what I was offering. But in the evening, we looked at um, what it, the outside of the box, like full on with Movement 109, you know, this movement practice that I've been offering um, and breath work, you know, and 
it was really that was beautiful to see each person go on this journey because it was it was intense yeah it was intense for me it was the first time that I was facilitating um, movement 109 and breath work I usually work with one of my dear friends Erica Forcell who's been on this podcast a couple times now and it's always really wonderful to co-create because we can support each other but here I am um, holding both of them on my own and holding the space for this group who um, went through a lot you know one of the participants she went through the first night of breath work and she said I she said she wanted to go home she was ready to pack up her stuff and she would just wanted to go home and like be in her house for a good couple weeks but she stuck through it yeah she um, just kind of looked at some stuff and and um, yeah I think she's grateful that she stayed she's and I'm grateful she stayed for sure uh, yeah, it brings up these things that really do take you out of your comfort zone. They um, bring you, rub, rub you right up against your fears. And I definitely experienced that myself, you know, again, like I said, holding the space for everybody. Coming here, I shared a couple of weeks ago, one of the podcasts of how I've been kind of experiencing my own bit of fear just around my health and how when I do go home, I'm probably going to have to, you know, well, I am, I have it scheduled, uh, a surgery. And in my body, I've just, you know, I've been really super mindful of it this, you know, on during this retreat and I had to pull back a lot and, and I hated that. I hated not being um, fully participating in some ways, you know, for the teaching, I had to show up 100% like I always do as best as I can, um, but I had to pull back in other ways. In some ways, I had to rely on a couple of our nomad teachers that were here on this journey with me, with us. So it was, it was hard for me because I am used to doing all, it all, <laughs> first of all. Um, but then also to, you know, not only just kind of rely on people and have to do that, but then also not being able to fully, you know, enjoy my time with them because I was really pulling back my energy and, and resting when I needed to. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was, that in itself was challenging, but then to dive into this breath work and holding space and seeing my students who a lot of them I've known for a while, a couple of them I didn't, so I didn't know what was going to come up for them at all, um, to see them in this new modality, hold space for them in this new modality, um, was, was intense. <laughs> it was intense and I'm grateful I did it. And I think that they're grateful that they dove into it. Um, but yeah, there were so many beautiful moments in witnessing the movement, you know, the movement and the breath work, and then also, you know, participating with them. Like I said, last night was um, our final night. We were in Obud, the final three days we were in Obud, and um, I didn't teach. So what we do is we we work out of a retreat center just outside of the city in a little village at this beautiful retreat center. And then we spend the last three days in Obud where they get a little bit more freedom. They can go and they can take classes at Yoga Barn and um, go shopping and do other little excursions on their own. 
Um, so I don't teach, but I, you know, we all participated together in the the cacao full moon ceremony, and so there was a bit of movement there, and was you know kind of the same along the same lines of what I was offering them. So it was really wonderful to participate with them and kind of share that energy in a different way. Um, yeah, I don't know exactly where I was going with that one, but it was it was a beautiful experience to witness it and then to be a part of it um, as a as a participant with them last night. Um, but it did, it kind of brought up some stuff for me and my own fears of kind of um, looking at how I am a leader and how being a leader separates me from others in, in a lot of ways. I've looked at that in therapy. Um, over the years too of like this role that I decided to play in running um, the show of Nomad, (laughs) Nomadland and how yeah I do it to create this beautiful space for people who may not always feel like they belong somewhere Um, but at the same time it's kind of a double-edged sword for me because I'm here creating space and holding space for people but I don't always get to fully experience it with them in the capacity that I wish that I could because I have to be that kind of the cup holder um, and sort of also the mother, like this container for them, but then also a little bit of the mother, like making sure that they're all good and safe and, you know, being a couple steps ahead of them. And that makes me not so um, so connected in a lot of ways, um, in, in some ways, not a lot of ways, but in some ways. So I, you know, I don't get to fully participate. And like I said, this one in particular, I had, I actually had to pull back and, and rest a little bit more and um, give myself a bit more space, alone time, and rejuvenate so that I could be more of service to them in the teaching aspect. So... But that brought up, yeah, my fear of um, not feeling of belonging. It brought me the fear of abandonment, too, in a couple of different little scenarios. And again, just this idea of um, a role that I, I question daily. I have to show up every day and ask myself, am I ready to, to be this person that, um, you know, this role that I have been, that I definitely... Um, took ownership of and but I have to continuously ask myself if I'm still willing and capable to be that role of um, leadership Um, so and and own it so those are some of the stories (laughs) and like I said I would really love because if if they are I'm just going to open this up to them if they're listening to I would really love to invite them and um, I think that would be kind of a fun podcast to have a little bit of a group <laughs> uh, podcast and share a little bit of their stories of that experience because I just, like I said, I saw all these little transformations and huge transformations, huge waves that were happening um, within each individual, but then within the entire group um, when we were all together. It was, yeah, it was, I think, even, even beyond what I've witnessed before in other, in other groups. Um, but yeah, I do want to talk a bit more about fear and, um, hmm. I love this quote that I found when I was, you know, sitting here doing the research for the retreat 
And this, this quote is by Mark Twain. And he says, some of the worst things in my life never happened. <laughs> I'll say it again. Some of the worst things in my life never happened. And that's really what fear is, right? We're constantly looking at all the possible things that could go wrong. And yeah, sometimes they do. <laughs> but most of the times they don't. And we keep ourselves in a box when we allow that idea of fear to make the decision. And I know I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. I love, love, love um, Elizabeth Gilbert's uh, book, Big Magic. And she really talks about how fear is um, allowed to be in the car, but it's not in the driver's seat. It's not in the passenger seat, you know, with the controls of the air conditioner and the radio. But it can be in the back to let us know what's ahead, right? If there is something that may be potentially an obstacle ahead that could be, um, you know, not safe. So we looked a bit about that. We looked at, again, how we can look at rituals, creating these rituals of self-practice, self-care um, rather. And uh, so, you know, we did a Japa meditation one one night and then a bunch of the, um, the participants decided to do it uh, throughout as their morning rituals. And Japa meditation is um, the, the mala beads. Yeah, there's 108 beads. And then there's the 109th, which is the guru bead. But it's we use that just like rosary beads, yeah, for meditation. So we can use each bead to count breath or to count mantra. Um, just to as a one-pointed focus, a single-pointed focus for meditation. So, so some people were practicing that. Some people were, you know, sitting and, and meditating on the sunrise in the morning. Some people journaled. But all these were empowering for them. They had more space for themselves. They had more space to listen to their inner voice. Right. They had more tools to. If they heard fear starting to talk, they had this tool of mantra. They had this tool of connecting to breath and to check in and say, is this really mine? Yeah. Um, that's important. That's important to, to listen to yourself. And we really don't do that, especially when there's so many, so many other voices outside of ourselves, like social media and media and the fake news media and um, you know, that person at the grocery store who's just like rattling on about, you know, their fears and we start to absorb it, right? I did a really beautiful, um, actually there were two experiences. What was it? They, oh, yes. In the past, it was actually the same day yesterday. I took this class um, to release the psoas muscle, which is the fight or flight muscle. Yeah, our fear muscle. And so a lot of ways we can think of it that, right? We need our fight or flight muscle, right, to flex our hips to get us running to fight or flight. So we looked at, um, you know, this muscle being part of the sympathetic nervous system, that fight or flight state, and and how we're always sort of with it in this space of contraction and how we need to learn how to release it to fall down into that parasympathetic nervous system that rest and digest but one of the exercises we did was at the very beginning was just walk around the room you know there was a group of us we walked around the room 
and we were just kind of daydreaming and kind of in our own world and then she focused us to look and you know look into people's eyes and connect with them and we um you know started to understand you know uh, maybe like connect in terms of wondering what their stories were and we kind of grazed by them and we would touch their you know touch their hand or their arm or, or their shoulders we pass by to just be receptive of the energy right as we kind of moved from our inner world to the outer worlds and how we pick up on other people's energy yeah we are not even conscious of it but we are we're constantly taking in people's energy so to go back to that you know neighbor or person at the grocery store rattling off about you know their fears yeah it's hard not to hear it even if you don't believe it it's still this energy of um you know fear and anxiety and it just sort sort of triggers your own fears and anxieties even if it's not necessarily theirs that you're relating to it's that energy that vibration of it that that you take home with you and so yeah there's so much noise that is creating fear and anxiety right now and it's really important to have these practices so that you can go deeply inward and hear your own voice um we we pulled it we pulled these archetype cards that i've been talking about the past couple of um i think it's been months now <laughs> through our six-week course we did we worked with them and we'll work with them again when we start in March um, March 30th but we worked with them during this retreat too so um, I left them out in the morning so if people wanted to use them as their own morning rituals and kind of reflect on it and meditate on it uh, but we always pulled one for the day with the group and so we pulled our last card. I want to share the last card that we pulled today before we said goodbye to the majority of the group. A couple people had already left. Um, but the card we pulled was the stone. And the stone represents the eternal, the anchor, and the rock. And I won't read the whole thing here, but I love this last part. It says, when this card appears, it is likely the stone is a remedy for what ails us. Humble and easily unnoticed, the power of the stone balances the frenzy of our worlds. Right? And the stone is the best used to anchor our wild side. So no matter how far we roam, we can always find our way back. Right? So how far we roam in our minds, how far we roam with other people's energies, but to come back to our own truth, right? What is our own truth? What, what do we believe to be real? What is the world that we want to create for ourselves? Do you want to create a world of fear and anxiety? And in that frenzy state, as it, as it says here, um, is that really your truth? Is that really what you want for yourself? Is that really what you want to create for your children um, or the future in any way for yourself or for the world, right? So these practices, different practices of self-care, of, of self-love will help you get back into that voice, that real true voice within you that is not fear. But what we all discovered together last night in the cacao ceremony, it's not fear, it's love. 
Yeah. It always comes back to love. And I really truly believe that if you're really in that space of love, fear can't exist. Yeah. You trust you trust that you're making the right decisions. You love yourself so much that you're going to make the right decision from the space of love. Yeah, you're not going to make the decisions out of the space of fear, right? Because you can trust yourself. And we looked at that too in this retreat of, you know, how when we have experienced trauma, it's hard. It's hard to trust your voice again. It's hard to trust um, other people's voices. And so the, the importance of rituals and how that builds safety, right? That builds trust again in your body. It builds trust again with people. It builds trust again in your communities. Um, but not to keep yourself in the box, right? Because that's what sort of happens with trauma is that we just say, let me do X, Y, and Z, and then I'll be safe. But I can't go outside of it. No, we continue to do that so that we trust the voice that's inside of ourselves so that we can just go outside of the box, right? Just see with curiosity what's on the other side. And that reminds me of one of the nights we had um, Movement 109. And, you know, a lot of times people have their eyes closed. They always say eyes can be opened or closed. But, um, yeah, we... I invited them all to open their eyes and it was really funny because we had a fun song on it was really lively and and everyone just looked around and they saw everybody smiling and they actually all started laughing and and being playful and you know I just said what's on the other side when we open our eyes with curiosity right we we might actually see joy (laughs) we might not just see joy within ourselves but we might see joy outside of ourselves and we can celebrate it I think sometimes when we do close our eyes and feel safe in our body and then we, we kind of assume that everything outside of ourselves is, um, you know, ah, unknown, it's a little scary, right? If we just open our eyes, we can see, oh, I'm still safe and there's joy on the other side of it. So that's what I want to invite you all to explore. If you don't have a morning practice. We'll start with morning. Maybe maybe evening's a better one for you. I like morning because it really sets up your day. It sets up your intention, your your headspace. But if you don't have your own um, your own morning ritual, and it doesn't have to be much. Yeah, we you know some people had a five minute morning ritual. Some people got up like two hours early. Um, there's anything in between, but you find what's attainable for you, right? Not these, yeah, you can have big grandiose plans, but don't hold yourself accountable in, in that if you don't do it, then you're this horrible person. Yeah, Julian Pransky, my teacher and friend who was on last week, she talked about coming back to yourself, right? How if you don't do it, are you going to be gentle with yourself and, and invite yourself back? Or are you just going to just sort of like, be nasty to yourself and then say why bother right it's really important to come back to yourself so it could be five minutes of the day it could be a minute throughout the entire you know you know a minute throughout um you know a minute increments that's what I'm trying to say throughout the day um just like Jillian had shared last week of you know setting her alarm on her clock 
so that it was a reminder to say, you know, I'm connected or just breathe or whatever it is. Um, but set up something for yourself if you don't already, especially if you are feeling the frenzy of the world, if you're feeling that there are lots of voices all around you and you don't know which one is yours anymore, set up some sort of morning ritual for yourself or ritual throughout the day. It could be sitting and listening to nature, right? as you can maybe hear, <laughs> hear the sounds of Bali. Um, it could be sitting and writing in your journal. It could be like we did Japa meditation. It could be just being in your body, moving around, dancing to a song. Um, whatever it is for you, whatever feels natural and organic and, and invites you to be there every day, right? It's not this like, I have to check something off my list. Um, what is calling you? What is your stone? Yeah, think of it as your stone as we looked at in that final um, card that we pulled as a group today. What is your stone? What is going to anchor you to this world here right now and, you know, in a way that will keep you feeling grounded and safe, um, but allowing you also the freedom to go outside of your box? So I think that's all for now. I'm a bit tired. Maybe you hear it in my voice. <laughs> I didn't sleep much last night from the cacao, but uh, I'm sure there'll be more unfolding. Again, I'm going to be here for another week. I'm hoping that I get to meet some exciting people that I can share with you. I have a feeling I will. <laughs> um, I have a feeling I will. So yeah i look forward to sharing more with you soon but for now have a beautiful night or day wherever you are hello again so i just want to pop back on and let you know what's happening to nomadland uh forgot to tell you so we'll be back with our online course movement 109 who are you becoming march 30th so the podcast series that we did Earlier this year was in alignment with that. We're going to be doing something similar. So if you really resonated with those those episodes, sign up. We'd love to have you there. We have weekly Zoom calls. So you check in with the group. We set the intention. I give you a little bit of mentorship there. We have weekly videos with the Movement 109 floor work practice, playlists, journal prompts, other stuff that's fun, that t- and that can be part of your morning rituals as we talked about uh in this 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 last episode and um yeah and then i'm really excited to announce that we will be going on our next retreat to mexico in october october 23rd through 29th and that'll be with myself and amy salsi i'll have more uh, information up i think later this week or early next week Um, We're just getting the little details nailed down now, so that will be available. There's some little bit of information at the website now, but um, yeah, you can go check it out, and details will be there soon. All right, thank you.